You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus who bounces off a of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, Nasa Chobi. Welcome into another edition of Hawk Talk. This time, the preview edition as the Seahawks head into week six, looking to bounce back after that loss against the New Orleans Saints. The Seahawks are back at home, taking on the Arizona Cardinals for a little NFC West showdown. But before we get into those Cardinals, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't start here and talk about an all-time favorite Seahawks is coming back. You remember the name from the Legion of Boom years. Bruce Irvin is back with the team, signing with the practice squad earlier this week. The former first-round pick played with Seattle from 2012 to 2015, Super Bowl champ. Then, if you remember, came back to Seattle in 2020, was the Seahawks' starting strong side linebacker before he tore his ACL that season after playing just two games, which was a real bummer. But anyway, he's back with Seattle on the practice squad, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him up to the active 53-man roster at some point this year. So, Bump, when you see Bruce Irvin coming in on that defensive side, what does that make you think? It makes me think that um, this defense needs a little bit of veteran leadership. You know, they need some guidance. They need a guy who knows how to be a pro, a guy who's been here and who's done that. And he's not just here just to teach. Like, they expect this man to play and to make some plays. I know people see that he's 35, and they're saying, well, he's going to be a straight mentor. No, that's part of his job. But the other part of his job is to play football. So, no, I'm excited about the hire. I think guys guys can learn from him, and it's always Always nice when when dudes come home. You know what I mean? I like it. Yeah, and he said as much that Seattle always felt like home. And, you know, guys like Mo Kelly would tell him that grass isn't always greener on the other side. He went to Oakland, played for Chicago, a couple other stops along the way. So he always considered Seattle home. So it's good to see him back. Actually saw him in the locker room when he came back. Said what's up to him, and he said, "All right, you're still here chasing players around." I said, "Yep, same old thing." So good to see Bruce Irvin back with the squad. Let's get back into those Arizona Cardinals. What's on tap? What's on tap? Cardinals two and three on the season, second place in the NFC West. I change it up, bump. That would also be tied for last, depending on how you look at it. But the Seahawks <laughs> are also two and three, so I thought, I thought tied for second was a little. That bit sounds better. better. I like that. Yeah, man. So they've had a kind of an up and down year. I haven't strung any wins or losses together. They lost their opener to Kansas City. Kind of got smacked in that one. Beat the Raiders in thrilling fashion, assisted by two Hunter Renfro fumbles. They win in overtime. Crazy little game there. They play the Rams, lose to them 20-12, to beat the Carolina Panthers 26-16, to then losses last week to the Philadelphia Eagles. So much like the Seahawks, they've had some really good moments, some really bad moments, and just kind of in between. They don't, other than the first week, they haven't really been blown out a ton. Bump, but Sunday was a heartbreak, boy. Sunday was a heartbreak mm. as they lost on a Matt Amendola missed game-time field goal with 22 seconds left in regulation. The Eagles improved to 5-0. and and are the only undefeated team in the NFL. First time the Eagles have been 5-0 since 2004 when they went to the Super Bowl with McNabb. Bump, but, yeah, what did you see with this uh, Eagles in uh, Cardinals game on Sunday? One, I feel old because 2004, that was my senior year in high school, and Donovan McNabb was that guy back in Ooh. the day. So Eagles doing some things that haven't happened in a long time. But it's the same thing with the Cardinals, it seems like. They always start slow. They haven't scored in the first quarter all season, and that happened here. The Eagles went up 14-0. Um, 
and there it was behind two rushing touchdowns from Jalen Hurts. Who uh, I'm excited for Jalen Hurts. He's not on our schedule this year, is he? So I don't have to worry yeah. about him. All right, perfect. So I can really be excited for him until the playoffs get down. But it's nice to see him do his thing. But and then um they close the gap a bit. The Cardinals, man. Marquise Brown had one of the more impressive touchdowns of the year with this one, man. He uh, he was in the slot, caught the ball, goes across the middle, breaks the tackle, makes another guy miss, puts on the Jets. I mean, Hollywood Brown made some plays. It was a uh, fun to see him do that, but I'm hoping that we corral and lock this young man up. Yeah, he was definitely making plays. It's definitely a highlight worthy uh, relay if you want to go back and watch that. You know, but as that game went into the fourth quarter, the Cardinals tied the score up at 17 with an 11-yard run from N.O. Benjamin. We'll get into the running back situation with the Cardinals later in the show, but it is a disaster at the moment. Um, the Eagles would answer going on a 17-play, 70-yard drive with a field goal making the score 20-17. to 17. They took about nine minutes off the clock, so a minute 45 left in the game. Cardinals get the ball back. They drive deep into Eagles' territory. And Bump will ask you about this game management here. So it's a second and 10 from the Philly 34. Murray slides down just short of the first down. They think they get the first down. They're actually short. Time is running down, so they decide to spike it on third down. They have to bring out the field goal kicker. He obviously goes on to miss that field goal. Do you think that's – what do you think about that late game management situation? I know it's tough with the first down, no first down, with no timeouts. Do you, do, would you try to run a play there, or do you agree with the spike in that situation? Uh, you know what? I personally, I think I would try to run a play and then spike it. I think that there has to be something in your offense to where you can signal a play out to your to your offense, and they know to get lined up and run it. Or Kyler Murray can call a play and get out there. Me personally, I would I would run a play, then spike it. You get a couple more plays out of that. You can try to win this ball game instead of go for the tie. But I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he's right. wrong. I mean, that's the safe bet. Me, sideline coach. Uh, couch champion of the world. I can mm-hmm. come out and say all the things I would have done, but I'm not in that position. So that's what I would have done, but I don't think he was wrong for doing what he did. Yeah. Hindsight's always 20, 20 or 50, 50. If you're Cam Newton, it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> so the Cardinals obviously lose the game. They're now 0 three at home and two and on the road. They have some crazy home splits right now. I feel like they've lost like eight in a row at home and they're really, Nuts. really good road team. So it's, it's, it's crazy in 15 and four on the road in the last two seasons. That's insane. Like usually there's a correlation or like, no, usually teams that are that good on the road are just good teams in general. Obviously the, the Cardinals go to the playoffs last year, but they haven't been like a world beaters recently. So that's very interesting. And a crazy split that we hope does not carry over to Sunday. Right. And finish up on that game. Kyle Murray was mostly held in check. He was 28 of 42 for two fifty and one touchdown win interception. Carried the ball four times for 42 yards. James Conner, team's leading rusher with nine carries and 55 yards. So, Bum, let's get back into this kind of head-to-head matchup. We definitely have enough of a sample size to look at it. And what I'm juiced about right now, and I'll, I'll start positive. I'll let you, unfortunately, talk about the negative here in a second. But the <laughs> I appreciate po- <laughs> that. You bet. I got you, dog. <laughs> but the positive is this Seahawks offense, man, they have jumped into the top tier of the NFL after we saw them after that San Francisco game kind of down in the dumps. They're the number eight ranked NFL offense right now, which is great, giving it going for 368 yards per game. 12th ranked rushing offense, 122 yards per game. 11th ranked pass offense, 246 yards per game. And they're scoring 7th best in the NFL at 25 points per game. It'll help when you score 35 and you score 40 yeah. and you score all these type of points. So the Seahawks offense has things rolling. On the opposite side, the Cardinals, they're very middle of the pack. They're not really bad. They're not really good. They're very in the middle. 15th ranked offense total, 17th on running the ball, 17th passing the ball, 18th in points per game. 
So the Seahawks definitely, I feel like, have the advantage. The Seahawks have a lot more explosive plays than the Cardinals do when you look at their offenses compared comparatively. But really like to see what I saw to the Seahawks just bolting up these charts and showing what they can do offensively. Yeah, and defensively, man, this is it's weird to say. I know that we've had years where this team has struggled on defense, but they are the worst defense in the league, giving up 430 yards a game. They are the worst team against the run, giving up a buck 70, and they are 26 against the pass, giving up 259. So needless to say, I, I, I didn't even need to read those stats. You would know just by watching the games that the Hawks got some work to do. That's why you're bringing a guy like Bruce Irvin. Hopefully he's going to help get some things around the field. On the other side, the Cardinals, middle of the road, just like you mentioned, their offense, their 17th overall, the fifth, excuse me, their the 17th defense overall, giving up 345. They're fifth against the run, giving up 97, which should be interesting. We don't have Rashad Penny this week, so you got to see what Ken Walker and DJ Dallas do. They're 21st against the pass and 22nd when it comes to points allowed. So, uh, again, I look at these numbers, and I know we can focus on the defense and say, yes, they're 32nd, but there's not 32nd defense-type talent on the football field, yep. and that's why I remain optimistic. Call me crazy. Call me insane, whatever. I see the guys out there, and I'm like, there's no way this trend will continue. Yeah, no, that's definitely – I'm right there with you, Mom. There's no way, honestly, when you look at the guys like you mentioned, we got guys like – Quandre Diggs still out there. Al Woods still making plays. Jordan Brooks is coming along. You know what I'm saying? Chenna Wosu's killing it. The rookie Tariq Woolen is making plays. Kobe Bryant. So there's the pieces are there. We just got to fix up the run fits up front and, and get that front seven playing a little better. But I do have faith, like you said, that they can get this ship corrected. All right, let's know the history. Know your history. Seattle leads the all-time series against the Cardinals 23-22 to in one. So it's a very close matchup. The Seahawks have won two of the last three meetings, however, in five of the last eight. Last year, the Seahawks went down to the desert, beat the Cardinals 38-30 to in the final game of the 2021 season. Also ended up being the final game for uh, Russell Wilson in a Seahawks uniform. Really good day by Russell, Tyler, and Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny had 190 yards and 23 carries, including a 63-yard touchdown. Tyler Lockett was doing his thing. Five receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns. And Russell Wilson, last game as a Seahawk, went 15 of 26 for 238, three touchdowns, one pick. He also had a rushing touchdown. And Jordan Brooks was all over the field with 20 tackles, two TFLs. And when I think about Rashad Penny, man, I'm still, my heart still hurts for the dude today, man. Yeah. Just thinking about how much work he did, how far he's come. No one is been through that I can think of in recent memory that kind of trauma and from an injury standpoint everything he's been through and just been humbled and done everything he could to get back and finally was doing what he was capable of consistently so to see him go down really breaks your heart so Rashad prayers up to you hope you get better soon my guy but man we need to see more of this history the recent history has been good for the Seahawks so we hope that continues this weekend but let's find out what happened elsewhere in the division what's the word And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? There's only one team in the West with a winning record right now. That is the San Francisco 49ers. They are three and two. The Seahawks two and three. Rams are two and three. The Cardinals are two and three. Another tough week in the NFC West. 
all these guys losing. Like I said, the 49ers were the only one to come out victorious. And how did they do that? They went to Carolina and they got it done. It wasn't a blowout, but the 49ers were in control of this whole thing. They won 37 to 15. San Francisco's defense is something special. All right. They've only allowed 37 points through four games and now have held all five opponents to fewer than 20 points. Man, this is crazy. The Niners got away with it earlier at the Panthers trail 10 to three late in the second quarter and appeared to gain some life after a block field goal try. Uh, but then Mayfield doing what Mayfield does mm. from time to time. He missed McCaffrey and then there was a pick and interception got up race to the end zone 49ers 17 to three lead with 55 seconds left in the half. Baker Mayfield was held in check. Not a horrible day. Not a great day. 20 of 36 to 15 zero touchdowns, one interception, but he was sacked four times that Niners defense is real. You combine that with some shaky play by Baker Mayfield. That defense continues to dominate. Yeah, they're scary good. I mean, the Seahawks fans got a clear picture of that when we went down there and played them in week two. They're legit. Yeah. They're going to do a lot of things. Fred Warner, Bosa, they have a lot of dudes out there. They're dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Mosley actually looked like he went down, and I think he tore his ACL, so I think he's out Man. for the year, which is a brutal hit for them. But they're really skilled. They're flying around. When the Seahawks play them again in, in December, I'll be really interested to see how that matchup goes because this offense looks a lot different than the offense we saw in that rainy kind of sloppy day in Santa Clara. But the Niners are for real, so it'll be interesting to see defensively. Obviously, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, 18 of 30, 253, two touchdowns, a very Jimmy G-like game. He didn't have any horrible turnovers. So the Niners have to bounce back, see what happens with injuries. Like I said, Nick Bosa left the game with tightness. Jimmy Ward broke his hand, and Mosley had a torn ACL, so we'll see how they recover from that. And then the other game, um, Rams-Cowboys. Cowboys are, again, yeah, I hate to say it, but they're, <laughs> but they're a better team than I thought, and they don't even have Dak Prescott, man. Right. It's impressive. They got a lot of players, and Marcus Lawrence, and that defense is, is pretty good. So it was a long day for the Rams offense. On the third play from scrimmage, Stafford is sacked, fumbles, Marcus Lawrence runs it back, 19-yard touchdown, boom, right, right away off top. Then they block a punt, and they go up 9 nothing. Rams did make things interesting for a little bit. Stafford found who else? Cooper Cup, 75-yard touchdown. I mean, my goodness. So they actually took the lead, but that was the last time they would score. Cowboys answered back with Tony Pollard, 57-yard touchdown, making it 16-10 at the half. And then in the second half, turnovers were definitely the deciding factor. Rams turn it over three times. Cowboys don't turn it over once. This wasn't um, because of production from Cooper Rush. I'll say that. He's definitely managing the game. I don't want any of that nonsense about a quarterback controversy. He was 10 of 16, 102 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. On the other side, Matthew Stafford, 28 of 42, 308, one touchdown, one interception, two fumbles lost in five sacks. Bump, we know how good Stafford is. He's a former Super Bowl champion, right? We know what he's capable of. But one thing I will say, when things are bad for that man, they are bad. They are bad, yeah. bad. When it rains and pours <laughs> over there in L.A. for Matthew Stafford and the Rams. And this offense with all, with, with McVay, Cooper, and all the other talent that they have, they are 29th when it comes to points per game. They're averaging 16 points per game, which is nuts to me. You look at the Hawks, averaging 25 a game. So, and it's weird to say that because you know the Rams, they're still a good football team. Like numbers can trick you a little bit, but 
there's one thing that is consistent. If you can fluster Matthew Stafford, he will give up the football. And that's what we've seen so far. So, you know, I ain't mad if they took a loss. So keep it interesting in the West. I'm all right with it. Yeah, no, that's the one thing, the one saving grace about the Seahawks losing last week. You look around the NFC West and other people are struggling. So Seahawks are definitely very much still in that division hunt, so which takes us back to the Arizona Cardinals for this weekend's matchup, Man Up. Hey, who man is this? Who man is this? Man up, man up, man up, man up on Hawk Talk. Kyler Murray bump. Only way to start for this Arizona Cardinals team because this is what happens with them. He runs everything through that offense. If you stop him, you stop the Cardinals. But he's had kind of an interesting year. He's had an interesting year. He signed that huge contract worth up to $230 million, $160 million guaranteed. Everything's all good. Then we learn about the little homework independent study clause where he's got to complete at least four hours of independent study. And, it, you know, he couldn't, he wouldn't get credit for this study if he wasn't, you know, Doing what we were supposed to do. Couldn't be watching TV. Couldn't be playing video games. Couldn't be surfing the internet. Surfing the internet. I love how that was in the contract. Surfing the internet. 2022, surfing the internet. Come on, man. Surfing the net, bro. (laughs) WWW. No. I mean, this obviously blew up in the media. And the Cardinals took it out of the contract after the fact. I think they put it behind them. But it just was an unnecessary thing that kind of was in a cloud leading into the season. On the field, Murray's having a pretty good year. 141 for 215, 1,241 yards, six touchdowns, three interceptions, been sacked seven times. On the ground, 28 carries, 133 yards, and two touchdowns. I've seen him make some really incredible plays. I've seen him make some head-scratching ones. But he still has that potential. He's been a guy that we've talked about a lot in this podcast over the years, trying to struggle to, to – really figure out who he is as an NFL quarterback. And he's on the good side. He's not elite yet. He's on his way there. So it'll be interesting to continue to watch him play. But he's a guy that's, for me, I don't know. I'm not ready to crown him yet because I still think there's a lot there. But he does so many good things and keeps continues to keep plays alive and can be really dangerous if you do not contain him. So the Seahawks defense will definitely it's, have their hands full. It's about potential. It's potential to – score a 60-yard touchdown with his feet or through the air. It's the potential of him scrambling and making something out of nothing. It's the off-script stuff. You combine that with his natural talent, then um, you could you see where he could go, but he ain't there yet, but he's definitely a dangerous player. All right, next matchup, Geno Smith versus this Cardinals defense. Geno is still balling. I'm buying stock. I'm buying land at Geno, Geno land. Whatever I got to do, to help convince people that this guy is for real. Leads the NFL, completion percentage, average, what, uh, 75% of his passes he's completing. He also leads the NFL in pass rating, 113.1. His stats for this year, he's 118 for 157, 1,305 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Now, according to pro football focus, he is the highest-rated quarterback through five weeks with a 90 point. Two. This is ridiculous. I was not expecting this. I feel like I'm saying this every week. I'm just gonna start expecting it now. This is mm-hmm. this is who he is. He's proven it. Gino has the offense on fire. After not scoring a touchdown in week two against the Niners, the Seahawks now have the NFL's best eighth best offense. NFL, sorry, NFL's eighth eighth best offense in the league. Three sixty eight yards per game. And how is he doing it? He's doing it with composure. He's yep. doing it with making tough throws. He's checking at the line of scrimmage. 
It's not like now you got to give Shane Waldron credit because he's drawing these plays up and he's communicating with Gino in a way that allows him to understand exactly what he can and can't do and where the ball should go. But end of the day, he has a ball in his hands and he's got to make the final decision. And so far he's been making some great decisions. Team Gino. I mean, there's nothing else to say. We we could, we could spit out every single number, everything he's done. That's never been done before. It's been crazy. Gino is the man he'll have, you know, his hands full because the Cardinals are a defense that is that is fast. They're middle of the pack statistic-wise, yeah. but they'll run up to the line of scrimmage. They'll try to confuse you, go blitz. They'll, they'll drop people back in coverage. You got Buda Baker and some other guys that we'll talk about there. So it'll be interesting. But like you said, buying stock on Geno Land, I'd love to be the mayor because that man is a baller. <laughs> um, looking on the Arizona Cardinals offensive side of things, looking at their running back room right now, Thinking about James Conner and NL Benjamin taking on the Seahawks front seven, you know, Cardinals running back room is, is in tough shape after that Eagles loss. Kingsbury's never had this happen where all three running backs get hurt in that game. James Conner left with the rib injury. Daryl Williams stand a knee injury. Jonathan Ward hurt his hamstring. So Monday, as of Monday, all those running backs were day-to-day. Pretty sure Williams is out now. We're still waiting to see about Conner. Um, depending on who is available, James Conner stats on the year. 54 carries, 200 yards, and one touchdown. Also has 14 receptions, 103 yards. Benjamin has 30 carries for 136 and a touchdown, 12 receptions, and 97 yards. Third leading rusher is Kyler Murray, 28 carries for 133 yards and two touchdowns. And then you have Darrell Williams, 16 carries, 94 yards, one touchdown. They had to sign a couple of the running backs from the practice squad to kind of make this thing work. So that'll be a thing that we're looking forward to or what happens at the end of the week, who's playing running back. But at the end of the day, bump. It's not about who the Cardinals have on their offense. It's not about what they're doing running the football. It's about what the Seahawks are doing. You mentioned earlier the Seahawks have the worst rushing defense in the NFL, and they're so much better than that. So this is a week about them figuring out their run fits because the Cardinals aren't a team, at least on paper, that you shake in your boots about the run game. James Conner's physical. They can get things done. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're a slouch or anything to be disrespectful. But I'm saying this is a game where you should be able to get right because that's not – their running game isn't what they necessarily – you know, hang their hat on. So that's the one thing it'll be interesting to see moving forward and if the Seahawks can get it right because they definitely want to improve there. Yep. Got to get better in the against the run, and this could be the week to do that. Now on the outside, you got to look at Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz, A.J. Green. They're going to be going against Tariq Woolen, Mike Jackson, and Artie Burns. Now we know DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for PEDs. So the, a lot of the focus has been on Hollywood Brown, and he's done a good job. 38 receptions, 417, and three touchdowns. Zach Ertz is the second leading receiver for these Arizona Cardinals. He has 28 receptions for 229 yards and two touchdowns. And then Greg Dortch, am I saying that right, is the number sure, three receiver sure. with 21 receptions. Sounds good. 204 and one touchdown. A.J. Green, I didn't know what they thought they were going to get out of A.J. Green. Um, he stores yeah. the end of the road. He has uh, he missed a game because of an injury. He has eight receptions for forty nine yards, zero touchdowns. But uh, a guy like AJ Green is good for like one or two games a year where he'll do something that's gonna surprise you. So that's why it's important that Rick Woolen continues to do his thing. So far this year, he has three interceptions, one touchdown, one blocked field goal, all in five games. Man, he has the lowest passer rating. Am I saying that right? The lowest passer rating allowed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's that's why that's why we're on this podcast together. You, I you, got you, you pick me up. 
pretty much he ain't allowing no passes. <laughs> he ain't allowing passes, but man, it's hard. All right, that's six months all QBs. He is six months all QBs when it comes to passer rating. He's balling out, and he's a guy that's going to be rookie of the year. I saw today on Twitter who was throwing some love. Um, Baldy breakdowns. Brian Balding, NFL Network, was showing him some love because he's a guy who should be mentioned in this. The Seahawks have a lot of rookies, quite frankly, that should be you know up for the rookie of the year stuff. So love to see them balling. On the outside for the Seahawks, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett taking on Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson. You obviously have Buda Baker looming in that secondary as well. Every week it seems like DK and Tyler are setting records. DK scored his 31st receiving touchdown last week, tying Steve Largent for third place all time for the most touchdowns in the first four seasons in franchise history. Lockett passed Doug Baldwin for fifth place on Seattle's all-time touchdown list with 50. So these dudes are balling out. DK, 28 receptions, 372, two touchdowns on the year. Lockett, 32 receptions, 406 yards, and two touchdowns. But Lockett, he be owning these Arizona Cardinals for real. Yes, he does. Last four games, 33 receptions, 480 yards, and six touchdowns. Woo! That includes a a game where he had 200 yards. We had another game well over 100 yards. So Tyler Lockett owns these dudes. So it'll be interesting to see. Byron Murphy, we know he's a great player out of UW. Got 19 tackles on the year, three TFLs, and one pass defense. Marco Wilson who has struggled at times this year, 20 tackles, one TFL, two passes defended. This is a matchup I think our receivers can get loose, definitely, against this Cardinal team. So it'll be interesting to see these guys moving forward. But with the way the offense is playing right now, I'll I'll take that matchup with the Seahawks receivers all day long. Yep, I'll take it. Next matchup, Ken Walker versus the Cardinals front seven. He was drafted in the second round, 31st overall, and he's got some big shoes. Rashad Penny with some really good football before he went down. Now, Ken Walker's first touchdown for Michigan State was a 70-yard touchdown. First touchdown for Seahawks, a 69-yard touchdown. So I'm just going to go ahead and say he's about to go off. He's already doing some things that he did at Michigan State so far this year. He has 23 carries for 146 and one touchdown. The Hawks have the 12th best rushing attack in the league at 122 yards per game. Uh, it's not going to be easy. We know that the Cardinals got some talent in that front seven. They're fifth against the run, averaging 97 yards per game. But why not? Why not now? Gino's going to help get this young man open, get tight ends involved, get the receivers involved. They got to spread out. The run game gets going. Let's see how he does going into this game, being a solidified starter. I'm excited to see. They're, they're calling him K-9 around these parts, you know what I'm saying? So I'm looking forward to see K-9 getting busy. We saw the run, long run against the Saints, so we're definitely looking forward to that. It'll be it'll be tough, but I feel like he's ready, and there's a reason why he was drafted where he was drafted. You can never have enough running backs in the National Football League, so good to see him there. So we'll see how he takes on that Cardinals front seven. But if the Seahawks want to get back in the win column, let's figure out how they do it. Path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. It's all about defense, Bump. If you want to get this done, you got to contain Kyler Murray. He's going to ad-lib. He's going to make plays. But he just can't go off. You need to be disciplined when you're rushing the guy, keeping him in the pocket. You're making sure you're staying in front of receivers. It's all the defense. I can't even get the words out. They need to be ex- stop the explosive plays. They need to stop the run. They can do all the things that they know how to do. Needs to start this weekend. Otherwise, Colin Murray could have a big day. Explosive plays have been killing. Last week, we saw a 60-yard play. The week before, we saw an 81-yard play. 
got to eliminate those, man. And how you do that? Run fits, get to where you're supposed to be, rally to the football, tackle, all the things that guys are told since when you're playing Pop Warner, when you're 19 years old. It, it still makes sense at this level. So that and then Gino, keep doing what you're doing, baby. I am so impressed with this dude and how he composed himself on and off the field. The, the post-game suits are looking nicer mm-hmm. every week. Like, he's a legit starting quarterback in this league. I'm feeling it. Love Gino. Gino's the man, dog. Gino, keep it up, Gino. You, If you got any fans in the world, they're right here on this Hawk Talk podcast for sure, Gino. We got for you, dog. Sure. Um, Ken Walker, <laughs> man. Ken Walker, Rashad Penny, pick up where Rashad left off. Big shoes to fill. We we know what, what we just talked about it. Ken Walker is a guy has a lot of talent. You know, it'll be getting pushed into this, you know, number one running back role. There's a lot more there with, you know, having to defend and have to pick up, you know, blitzes and things like that on first and second down. So I'm excited to see what Ken Walker can do. You know, I'm excited for the young rookie. He's a, he's a ball player, and I want to see him continue to step in there and have this running back not miss – or this running back room and this running offense not miss a beat. And uh, Tyler Lockett, number 16, you own the Arizona Cardinals. Go ahead and and keep doing what you're doing, man. It's been impressive the last four games. You put out the stats. It's it's something nice. So take care of business, baby. You're still in this. They're, what, they're, they're, they're two and three, and they're still in the division. Yeah. Right? You can gain. You can gain a spot if you get rid of the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. Huge game. Back at Lumen Field. Potentially, well, Game kickoff is at 105, depending on what happens with the Mariners and their deal on the ALDS. If they're playing on Sunday, the Seahawks game will kick off at 2.30 p.m. Pacific. If you're listening on your radio, we'd get going at 11 a.m. in that sense. But, man, we're really excited about the Seahawks game against the Arizona Cardinals. Owning the NFC West at Lumen Field should be a fun atmosphere. A lot of people hopefully will be downtown Seattle cheering on their both their sports teams. But remember... You can catch us anywhere, Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Sirius, XM, and more. Hopefully, we'll be talking to you next week with a Seahawks victory over the NFC West in the Cardinals. Until then, he's Michael Bumpus. I'm Nasa Chobi. This has been Hawk Talk Preview. Talk to you next week.